0: You guys can have a seat. Before I introduce uh, Dennis briefly and have him come up, I just wanted to say a few words. Before we uh, take a few moments and honor um, you, our military servicemen and women, I wanted to just share something with you and then talk about the gift that we have for you. Uh, I I was telling my wife last night and also thinking yesterday of the the, the poor decision I made last minute to go run the soldier half marathon. as I was, I was, as I was running on post, I was, uh, I was enamored with all the military personnel that were out there thanking us for running. And I kind of chuckled like, you know, we're, we're not doing anything. You're, you're, you are the ones that have sacrificed. Uh, I remember running several hills, and they, on all the hills they had position, uh, um, uh, uh, what do they it again? Drill sergeants. Yeah, I had that word last hour. Somehow it just escaped me. I think the many times they yelled at me, jogged some of the, the brain I had. Uh, but they were, they were just saying all types of things to get us to the top of that hill without quitting. And uh, doing that yesterday just reminded me of, really honestly, the greatest privilege that I have ever known is to be a pastor. But not just to be a pastor, but be a pastor in a military community. That has been the single most exciting and joy-filled experience that my wife and I have had is, is living and being a part of a community and pastoring the many that have come through our church over the last six years. Uh, in fact, this last week we contacted some of the ones that we were probably close with uh, and very connected to by way of being in a small group with us or just the unique ways that we've met them and they were a part of our church. And so I reached out to a few of them last week and I said, hey, send us a, a recent photo of you and your family and... If you want to share uh, some of the things we already know of, but that that God has done in your life and the experience of our church, and so some of them wrote in some things, but I wanted to share some of the people that that have come through our doors uh, that we've had a unique connection with. The very first is Will and Krista Krebs, who I met, Will, uh, at our our, um, apartment pool when we first moved to Columbus. Before the church ever launched, we met Will Krebs. Uh, he was an army dude, so my son calls all of them army dudes. They're all buffed and in his shape with short hair. He's like, Daddy, that's what one, one day you maybe could get back to that. And I'm like, son, it's never happening again. Uh, but but Will was at our pool. He was reading. We connected. We talked. And I remember in the early days of our apartment complex, my wife and I would bring out like 100 hamburgers. And we would just cook burgers at our pool and just feed them to whoever. And, of course, after probably just a few weeks, Will and Krista were the type being army personnel that they wanted to know what are we doing why are we doing it and we explained that then in the matter of the next nine months we're launching a church we're starting a brand new church and they said well we want to help you launch the church but we won't be here when it begins we'll we'll be gone again and so they jumped in and committed to help us launch the church before they were a church but there was a church and so uh will helped us on everything that we needed help with Brista showed up every day to our house which was our first My Church office, uh, I say our house, our apartment, and assisted Christy in all the administrative things. For one particular event we did, we had several lead-up events that we invited people to come and say, hey, we're going to launch a new church. You want to help us do this? One of those was at Two Tree Island. We shuttled everybody out by boat to Two Tree Island, wrapped it with tiki torches, and talked about a, a dream we had to create a church for unchurched people. And Will and Krista kept everyone's kids that night. And I just thought, you know what, that, that embodies a military family right there, right there. And so Will wrote back in this last week and said this. He said, uh, my church, um, uh, let's see here. We remain so thankful to have been there as my church began. We only lived in Columbus for, for about six, nine months. But God used those months with you to help restore and renew the breath and life into our marriage after being apart for a 15-month deployment to Afghanistan. The renewal we experience in Georgia is a big part of why we stayed in the Army. I love that couple. Talked to him this last week. He's still doing some pretty awesome things. Uh, another couple that we really have a unique connection with is John and Allie Nielsen. Uh, John and Allie Nielsen. Uh, we ran into uh, Allie, I think at Panera Bread one day, and she was standing behind Christy and I in line. And they were talking about their husbands who were gone, who were deployed. And so we got talking to them, ended up buying their meal that day and just kind of spent time talking to these two women about their husbands deployed and shared, go to a church and love to have you come. And so John came back, they got connected in our church uh, and then and then left. And then a year later, um, another couple came and uh, we got to know Jeff and Harley Hall who became a part of Christine and I's small group. And what's unique about their story is that Jeff and Harley said, while they were in Italy, Big John Nielsen began to shed a tear about what God did in his life and his experience at my church. And he said, when you go to Columbus, you're going to have to go to my church. And so they came because of someone in Italy, John, um, and came way of my church and got connected. And so... Uh, I think that's really, really neat how we get to connect with people from all over the world when people are coming and when people are going. Another couple who just recently left is Tim and Melissa Halcombe. Tim was actually in our band. He was one of our, I think, bass or lead guitar guys. I forget which it was, but was in our band, in in a small group with our church. And uh, Tim writes, he said, my church helped us build relationships and our faith, so much so that we were both saved and baptized in the church as a military family we were we were moved on to a new duty duty station but we will always cherish how my church accepted us and helped us find their way back to God I think that's really really unique that they use the church's mission statement and express that is what happened to them and that's what we're really all about as a church We're, we're all about helping people find their way back to God in fact we're driven by values in fact today's gift that we have for you is a coin. Uh, it was. It's a new edition of our My Church coin. This is the second, the second um, installment of these. Uh, they're. I, I would say. I guess they're newly minted. Uh, but these coins express a lot of the, the a lot of the things that we value in a church. A lot of the things that we value about what, what Christ did for us. Uh, one of the things I'm very proud of is the value that runs along the outside ring of it. It says we give up things we love for things we love even more. And the rest of that goes on to say, we sacrifice, uh, it's it's nothing for us to sacrifice for God and His church because He sacrificed for us. And I think, you know what, that is essentially what you, a military man or woman, have done. You have sacrificed. Because of um, your love and your courage, uh, many of us, we're here today because of you. And I want to say thanks. It has been my privilege to be a part of that. Um, I think of the, that, that video, the, uh, the the men saying, I did that for you. The dad putting his hands on the, the the knees of the kids. I think about my dad growing up and the values he passed on to me. Um, laying down your life for someone else. Another military uh, mantra and mindset is to leave no man behind. I remember when I was probably eight years old, my dad um, was taking us out to the cabin that he has out in the middle of the Everglades. Uh, this is a 45-minute airboat ride, dock the boat, and another 45-minute buggy ride out to a cabin. I remember we, my dad had a wild hair to go late at night. and So he you know, loaded up the boat, got everything together, driving from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, all the way out to the glades, uh, against my mom's best wishes. But of course, you know, as you know, ladies, men's, men don't always do the wisest of things. So we, we, were, we were actually getting out to the glades around midnight. Dad's got all his light gear on and lights all over the boat, boat, and we're flying out through the glades, entering into the Big Cypress National Preserve, riding around all these cypress trees and cypress heads. We came around a curve, and someone had just wrecked a boat in front of us. And so we came around this curve, and scattered all in front of us is a, is a dad, a mom, and three kids. They had run up and hit a a knee like a, 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 a stump of a cypress tree and tore a hole in their boat, flipped the boat over, and slung them all out in black water. Very dark at night. And I just remember looking at my dad going like, you are my hero. Dad whips the boat around, slides it sideways, lets it slam into a big tree, jumps out of the boat, rescues this family, and I'm like, that's who I want to be when I grow up. That's who I want to be. Of course, I've said all this... Uh, from the viewpoint of the boat, I never got out. I was like, you're the daddy, you go get them." But when I think about that and that story, to me, just embellishes the emotion that I feel, one, pastoring in a community like this, and knowing that is the value that many of you have had somebody pass on to you. The value of sacrifice, the value of courage, the value that we will leave no one behind. And I love being a part of this. I love being a part of a church like this. So we've got these coins we want to give you that, that say a few different things. Uh, on one side it says gather, it says group and go. And essentially that's what we do as a church and I think what it, how, how similar it is that that's what you do. You, you gather up, you group up your intelligence and, and make sure you know what you're about to do and then you go and you jump into the battle. And I think, you know, ultimately all this started from, from our Savior, from God, who, who put the heart in every man, woman, and child. I think about um, the, the, the Scripture where, where God said to a guy named David that he was a man after his, his own heart. You know David in the Bible became a king, but before he was a king, he was a warrior. So God said to a man... You're a man after my own heart, and that was a warrior. David had the heart of a warrior. And I think there's so many unique things that we can look at and, and things that, that are similar from Scripture and what God has put in our hearts is ultimately all because and from God our Savior who ultimately was the very first person to sacrifice and then set up men with courage, women with courage. And so today we've got this gift for you. And I, I'm very proud that we get to say, uh, as, as small as this is, it's it's a token of our appreciation for what you do uh, for every one of us that have you've given so much, and we want to honor you today. But before we do that, I'm going to invite up Dennis Smith, who has become a, a great friend of Christy and I. Again, you heard he is our the owner of the gym we belong to, but I think that's kind of just a front for Dennis to enjoy life and have fun and meet people and... Um, you know and, and serve people uh, again Christy said that we see people come through that he has just taken a special notice of and serve and help and again he he runs and has found, helped help founded OWWS they've got a race coming up in a couple of weeks that's called run and gun it's a it's a it's a, a lap race about three miles a 5k that you do a lap and you stop and you the gun it's a competition so uh, that's some cool stuff coming up but Dennis I want you to come up I want you to take a few minutes and, and help us understand um, as we celebrate the sacrifice. Thank you, Dennis, for being here. Love you, buddy.
1: Right? ha. Ah. <laughs> hey. Hi, y'all. So, uh, I'm not good at this technical stuff. I can speak a little bit better than I can turn on a microphone. So first off, what about that band, huh? Holy cow, right? So, so we got anywhere from Eddie Van Halen and 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 to Slash up here on lead and rhythm to the big beast of a man in the back who reminds me of Gene Simmons. Probably telling my age just a little bit there for kiss. Uh, and then they got Tommy Lee caged up in here from. Motley Crue, you know you got a bad drummer when you got to cage the dude, you know? So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome, man. That was, that was inspirational and awesome. And then on the piano, I mean, you got Elton John. I mean, who else, you know? Really, really good. I appreciate it. It's very inspirational. And, and uh, that rendition of Lee Greenwood's God Bless America, man, it's awesome. Um, the, the video touches home. Uh, I, I'm very, very passionate about what I do, what I believe. And uh, and I and I'm I'm a firm believer that sometimes when you're passionate as I am about things, you get a little bit emotional sometimes. So forgive me as a big big bad Airborne Ranger dude up here. If I shed a tear, um, that that's uh, I think that's okay. I, I believe it is. And if it's, if it's not, then see me afterwards and we'll talk about it. But uh, <laughs> but just to show that that uh, Airborne Ranger sometimes has a, a sensitive side as well. Uh, one time, uh, my wife and I have been married uh, almost 25 years now, a little over 24 years. In June was 24, and um, and she's she's awesome. <laughs> um, she's not here right now because she's taking care of me. That's that's what she does. Um, I she's she's been uh, an inspiration to me ever since we first met. Uh, and like I told the last group, I I wouldn't have anything that I have today to include this jacket if she wasn't with me. Uh, I'd probably be up here in a flannel shirt, which is probably okay as well, but uh, I remember it was uh, it was our anniversary, a little bit of sacrifice, it was our anniversary, and I had duty that day, I was a young corporal or something, maybe a sergeant, and uh, and I had duty, and she was going to come meet me for uh, uh, for lunch, or dinner that night, and uh, it was June, so the azaleas was blooming, and of course I had not went and got any flowers or anything like that, so... Uh, uh, I had my little runner guy go outside and just cut me off a bouquet of these azaleas that was out front, and he was like, "What in the world?" I mean, I'm I'm his leader, right? What are you doing, azaleas? And I wanted him sitting on the staff duty desk as as my wife came in, and and I told him, I was like, you know, even. Even Airborne Rangers has got a sensitive side every now and then. You better get your wife some flowers, you know what I mean? So anyway, that was just my sensitive side there. Jeff and Kristy asked me to, to come speak today, and I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Uh, it's an honor to have uh, been asked to speak. It's been an honor to serve. Um, I served most of my whole life, uh, from a young man all the way up until a couple of years ago, I retired uh, uh, as Command Sergeant Major, and, and really, really enjoyed at all. there were times better than others. I have no regrets. Um, I've, spent, um, I've spent a lot of time... Here's the, here's the bottom line. I have been truly blessed. Um, kind of like Forrest Gump. I say that all the time. You know, I've gumped my way through this life and good fortune just kind of has fell on me um, by, and some good decisions. Kind of like it did Forrest Gump. But I have been blessed to have served with true American heroes. I walk amongst them every single day. And it's really, really amazing, because you just never know who that person that you're sitting beside is. You never really know, but whenever you're with them and you're in you you spend your life with them, and these young men and women that we ask them what to, you know, to do the things we do our bidding so we can sleep well at night, you know it's pretty uh it's pretty awesome. them guys are true American heroes, and it's just been a privilege of mine to work with them to serve with them and have them work for me. Uh, over the past uh, 26, 27 years. So, Jeff, Chrissy, thank you so much for asking me to come out. Jeff asked me to speak a little bit on sacrifice. I've already mentioned a couple of things on it. I think it means different things to different people. Uh, I have my notes up here. I will refer back to them every now and then. I, uh, I did not have any notes at all as of about 9.30 last night uh, during the Alabama football game, Roll Tide. That's what I'm talking about. I two groups, I like them better. This is awesome. Yes, sir. Well, my wife, my, my wife, easy. My wife uh, looked, uh, come in and she sit down and she seen me in tents on the side of my chair watching the ball game. And uh, she's like, did you did you write your notes for for the church tomorrow? And I looked at her like, no. I'm going to pull it off the cuff like I always do. And I get this. She's been married with me almost 25 years. She knows that I got ADD so bad and I'd be all over the place in a rabbit hole and something we'd be talking about something. So I got this just kind of keep me on track. So if you see me come back, I'm just trying to keep us focused so you can get out of here and we can get on with the program. But sacrifice means different things to different people. You know, uh, it, it, it means uh, some of you probably sacrificed a little bit today and it wasn't that hard because it's raining, but some of you would probably much rather be in a tree stand right now and you sacrificed coming to church because your wife said, by God, Dennis is speaking and you're going to be there. And, um, and I appreciate that, wives. Or husbands who made your wife come out of the tree stand this morning. That would be awesome as well. Uh, but um, So there's, there's just means different things to different people, um, and it's, I think it's relative to the fight. What I mean by that is not, not everybody has got skin in the fight. Um, you know, we've been fighting this war for almost 14 years now, well over 14 years now. October was 14 years, the longest, longest one in our history. Um, and, and it really don't mean anything to people, um, don't really mean anything to America as much because it's kind of on the back burner. Um, it means a little bit more to us, and especially here in this room, but in this area of Columbus, Phoenix City, Smith Station, Opelika, Auburn, them, <coughs> I can't believe I said that word. They, they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, so it just means a little bit more to us because of Fort Benning being right here, and, and, and we do have a little bit of skin to fight because you'll be surprised at the number of people you see come up here in just a few minutes that you're like, man, I never knew that dude served, or I never knew that guy was serving. Kind of so it means a little bit more to us. But if you don't have skin in the fight, it's kind of on the back burner. And that's the way America is right now. You know, in, two, in, in World War II, the whole country shut down in order to uh, defeat communism and, and the Nazi Germany and, and all that mess. I mean, G, G, GM stopped producing vehicles and making vehicles in order to make parts for tanks and make parts for guns and do different, do different things like that. The, the small businesses around the town, like in the downtown Columbus, you would go down and see. Now, I'm not this old, so I'm, this is coming out of history books, so don't think that I've seen this happen. But, but they actually put the cans uh, outside the road, you know, uh, the aluminum cans, tin cans, all that stuff, any metal that they had, they would sit it out beside the road every night, and the, vehicle, the trucks would come by and pick them up, and what they would do is they would make bullets out of that. The whole country was invested. Um, if it wasn't, we'd probably be speaking German or, or Japanese or something right now, or a little bit of both. So I'm glad that I'm speaking pretty good Redneck right now, you know. So then, and, and, and I'm really proud that y'all are kind of understanding what I'm saying. So it's just different in the skin and the fight that you have. Um, different, different. Sac- There's, I'm not good with math, so forgive me if I mess this up. But, but um, Three hundred and thirty three million, 333 million is the population of America-ish, all right? Less than 1% of our nation serves. Less than 1%. So I think 1%, I think, is 33 million. I believe that's correct. So less than, and that's in all services. 33 million is a pretty big number. Our, our service ain't that big, you know? And, and they're trying to draw down even more to get the, get the army under 300,000. So, I mean, it's even going to be smaller than that. So you think about that percentage number, 333 million... And less than 1% of that serving. And they've been doing that for over 14 years on an all-volunteer army. That's pretty remarkable. We've never been able to do that before. World War II, we had a draft. Vietnam, we had a draft. Um, This has been going on. So that just says a little bit about the young men and women who's volunteering to serve today, knowing exactly what they're getting into. It's pretty pretty remarkable um, that in about three years... um, People are going to be, the kids are going to be old enough to serve that wasn't born on nine 11 Isn't that crazy? That's been going on that long. And, and for me to have been already in the military for that long of time, and then it happened, and then served so many years afterwards, and then actually see the young kids coming up and joining the army whenever, you know, they, I, was, I was already in the army before they were even born, I'm like, holy cow, I'm old. But, but they're awesome people, and they, they sacrifice for us every day as young men and women, and that 1% is all it serves, it does our bidding for us. Um, you know, in spite of uh, the way they're sometimes pre- uh, presented, the men and women is overwhelmingly good. Uh, imagine the discipline it takes to, uh, to endure the adrenaline pumping violence of an enemy engagement. And then, just minutes later, that same person that was just fighting for his life and his buddy's life, literally, is helping a young kid, Iraqi, Afghani, Somali, whatever it may be, wherever we may be at, across the street and get to school. Or kicking a soccer ball to him. Same guy, same kid, same person. Imagine the discipline it takes to do that. The self-discipline it takes to do that. Because more than likely that little kids dad was one he was just fighting more than likely cuz you don't know you don't know the enemy you don't know who they are you don't know where they come from so the sacrifice that that guy has to make to to do the right thing for humanity it, by helping that kid across the street you know and it was just fighting some kinfolk of his for sure I guarantee it you know so that's that's pretty remarkable and that was something that I just wanted to point out there that that the nation no nation ever uh, to include ours has ever been able to do that before. Never. We've had a deliberate line. We know who we're fighting. We didn't care who who you know what it was. We, but now we're asking them to be both a warrior and a humanitarian, and that's that's huge to ask people. I just want to get a little bit choked up right there. Sorry. <clears throat> um, so, so here's one more thing for you real quick. So the number of deaths in the U.S. Mili- in the US military overall, now this is just death, natural causes, um, accidents, that kind of thing. Just normal, you die in the military, is, it's been about 6,000-ish uh, since the year 2000. Okay, that's just, no, no, nobody got killed in action, that kind of thing. But let me reel that in for you just a little bit. And let me make sure I got my number right here. Is... Um, so since that same period, since 2000, there's been 128,480 commit suicide. Now that, that number's a little old because it's about three months old, and there's there's like 50 to 100 a day veterans that's committing suicide. Now this is only being on a little personal note. Um, you know you don't you don't you don't get in that adrenaline pump and firefight with somebody and then turn around and help that kid across the street, and then come home to your wife and your kid and your mom and your dad and not have baggage. You got baggage, man. You can't help but have baggage. I mean, it affects everybody different. Everybody different. And some people can deal with it different than others or better than others. And whatever way they deal with it or whatever reason is, all kind of studies going on, they've put millions of doctors of these MIT Stanford grads and all these different people... Um you know they put it on it to see why they're they're doing it some of its faith, some of its training, some of its faith and training and and you know it's whatever you're whatever you get you past that point. Um but just pe- different people deal with it in different ways. But personally, I think the most selfish act a person could do is kill themselves because we're talking sacrifice here. What what good does that do? Yeah, you're your problems is gone because, I mean, you're pushing up daisies now. What does that do for you? You know who's got to deal with the problems now? Your wife, your kid, your mom. The people who really love you where you're being selfish and not thinking about them at that point. And to me, that's horrible. And this is what's even more horrifying statistic to me is <clears throat> it's it's been shown that like 10% of the kids who have uh, a parent who committed suicide is more likely to commit suicide themselves. So not only have you been selfish in, in taking your own life and, and the life of them without a mom or dad or a husband or a wife, but you've also planted that seed now that it's okay to do to that kid later. And they're going to do the same thing. My dad done it. It must be good. You look up to your dad. Look, I say, Dad, Mom, ladies are less likely. They got a little bit more sense as always. But, but just, uh, just think about that. that. That's the sad part about it. Um, is, is the seed that you're planting. Um, so all, all of these different things and all these different sacrifices, you, as I said before, you just really never know who is around you. Uh, you never know the sacrifices the kids have. And the, the point that I made just a few minutes ago about the less than 1% and the kids who serve in today and um, volunteer, still volunteering to join, knowing what they're getting into or the potential of what they're getting into uh, you need to thank them guys. You need and gals. You need to you need to reach out to them. Now I'm not I'm not ordering you to do anything except show appreciation. However you want to do that. However you can tell that person thank you so much. Thank you for what you do, thank you for what you've done, thank you for your service to the country, thank you for the oath of allegiance that you've taken to, to defend me. Even if you're serving today or you're retired and have served, if you see that kid up on Exit Ten during his uh during his little break there from basic training, go thank that kid for his service. You know, buy his hamburger from Red Robin or whatever it is, you know, like Jeff and them said that they done. I had a mini meal bought for me, which I felt kind of bad at the time that I had my meal built, built, bought for me um, and my wife, especially in Savannah. What a what a patriotic city. But um, I, I get it now. I understand more now. And, and I've done it oftentimes. And if nothing else, I just tell the kid, especially downtown, because I'm down there all the time, and I see these broad-eyed, bushy-tailed, scared-to-death young men who, like, oh my God, was I ever that young, to tell them, hey, thank you for your service. And you know what it means more to than that kid because he just don't get it right that second is his mom and dad or whoever he's there with. They're like, man, who's that old dude that just came, that was kind of cool. You know, they have no clue what I've done and nor do I need to let them know what, what I've done. I just want to thank them for their service. So I, I ask you to do that anytime you can. Just, they, it means a lot to that person. Just walk up to them. And even if you think that they're in the military because they've got a good haircut or whatever, ask. Like, hey, you serve? Hey, thank you very much. If you don't serve, it's like, do you need to? Nice haircut, you know? <laughs> but anyway, I, I'll, I'll wrap it up here uh, by saying, you know, my, my best friend is, uh, is deployed again right now. Um, just to kind of reel it in a little bit on, on, and bring it closer to home, this, this makes his fourth deployment. He's going to have over five years deployed, uh, cumulative since, since the GWAT, Global War on Terror. He was actually the company of the commander that on 19 October jumped into Afghanistan that started the whole war. Him and 109 of his closest friends went and done our bidding for us that night. And, and he is my very best friend. Here, he's there right now, again. His daughter turned 16 years old this year. His, his son, who is a phenomenal golfer, and how he got that, I have no clue, but he's a phenomenal golfer um, who, who just won like this big tournament as a teenager or whatever that his dad didn't get to see. That, that's, just, I mean, that's just a little bit portion of mine closest, closest to home. My wife and I, as I said, have been married uh, almost 25 years. We decided many years ago that uh, whenever I was deployed, uh, I got deployed to uh, uh, Iraq in 1990 for Desert Shield, uh, and then to Desert Storm, and um, we decided we were not going to have any kids once we came back and and got married. A couple of reasons was that is, and 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 I, I have been called selfish, especially by my mom. Uh, I have been called selfish because I didn't give her a grandkid, but I left that to my brother. He he gave her plenty. So so uh, the the uh, the selfish part of it is, I have no regrets of not having any kids because I I had I had a couple of hundred of them most at any time because I was always in a leadership position and I was always trying to watch out for them. It wasn't fair to that kid in my mind. It wasn't because I knew what I wanted to do. It wasn't, fair, it wasn't fair to my wife and that kid because we knew what we wanted to do. My wife, had a, she was probably one of the best Army spouses there was. I lived in Savannah. I was the Sergeant Major 1st Ranger Battalion over there. She stayed here because she works at the 75th Ranger Regiment, which she's busy all the time. One reason why she's not here today. But, but she, she, people never knew that she wasn't living there with me. I was a geographical bachelor. She stayed here because she had to work. Nobody knew because she was there every weekend, all the time. Any event, she was there, always. So that, that sacrifice, there I went on a tangent. I have no clue where I was going with that besides, oh, yeah, kids. The kids, The, the, the kids. you know, we decided that we didn't want them because it wasn't fair to them. But just think about the, the folks who do have them. The, the, great, I love them. I love the kids, especially when I can give them back but but the uh the point is just be just think 'em think of what they're doing, think about the sacrifices they're making and uh and the, the last thing is you know the coin kind of says it all. this is a note that I jotted down once I got here today the The coin kind of says it all person the persons uh that have served for whatever reason they pick it they they pick to do this as a profession um because they, they have decided it's something bigger than themselves. They, they're doing it for whatever reason. If it's their buddy beside them, whether it's the flag that flies, whether it's their, their mom, their dad, their brother, sister, family, whatever, or all of the above, it's bigger than them. They take the sacrifice because it's, they're, they're wanting to do something for this person, not just necessarily themselves. And the coin wraps that up and says it all. So today we're going to we're gonna give out some coins. Jeff has, has come up with that. I'm honored to have been here. I appreciate very, very much you guys having me up here. Um, all that that I just told you in a nickel might get you a cup of coffee at the Circle K. It won't pay for Starbucks or something. But uh, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless America. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis
0: shared two completely different things in both services. And I wanted to say too that uh wanted to say too that what one of the things he didn't say in this service I wanted to bring out that Dennis has deployed 11 times equaling over over 5 years of being gone and sacrificing for our our country. And so I wanted to say thank you to Dennis for what he's done. I also want to say thanks to Chris Ricks. Thank you. Chris, Chris, if you have been here for any length of time, you know of Chris. Uh, we had him on our stage sharing his story with several other people uh, on a panel several weeks ago. But Chris is also an active duty uh, Army, uh, Army dude, and uh, he is a, a command sergeant major. And so what we want to do right now is we want to say thanks. We want to say thank you for your sacrifice. That's what today is all about. Uh, what we learned last hour was uh, the many that came... Uh, there were many that we still missed that were unrepresented because we had several women that their husbands at right now uh, are deployed. And so what we'd like to do is if you have served and are active serving or if you are a spouse of someone who is serving, uh, we'd like to honor you. We'd love to give you one of our coins and use it as a um, something to remember that you can through all Times. Staying on something that's secure. On on this coin, it gives uh our churches our church's favorite verse. Um it's where we got the name my church. It says in Matthew 16, 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, that's all evil, that's all bad, will not prevail. Why? Because 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 Jesus defeated the grave. Right? Um in Revelation chapter twenty-two it says That God is making all things new. So the fact that, the fact that you have served our country, the fact that you are a a mom, and you've never served your country, but you've served your kids. Um, Jesus is making all things new. And allowing each of us, whatever our past, whatever our struggle, gives us the opportunity for two things forgiveness and freedom. I think it's so cool that, um, that when God made men and women, He put Himself in our hearts. The reason we have people with Kurds, the reason we have people that will will stop at nothing and sacrifice and not leave a buddy behind is because we have a Savior who modeled that for us. So this coin is something that we as a church want to give to you as a token of our appreciation that hopefully someday maybe if you got this on you or you ended up opening up, in a, open up a drawer and there it is one day and you're reminded, you know what? I can get through this because I have a Savior, I have a God that allows me to stand on something more firm than even our own government, than our own country, than than America being the the greatest military force on the planet. I can stand on Christ, my Savior, because only person ever in all of history to say, I'm going to die, predict his death, go die, and 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 come back to life. And so, what we'd like to do is I'd like to have all of us stand, everyone stand, and for every, uh, every person who has ever served in the armed forces, uh, or someone who is no longer serving, or if you have someone who is overseas, or like last service, one of our closest friends, Nick DeCenzo, her husband's not with us today. He's gone on to be in heaven. Um, we want to remember you, our widows, here today too. So if you would, uh, guys and gals, make your way over to this side, walk up on stage, we'd love to give you this corn. We're play a little music and uh, shake your hand on your way by Come on. Thanks to these guys. Thank you. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna invite up our host teams. We're gonna close our service out and uh, take an offering. As I have said many many times, if you're guests, be our guest today. Um, and and we dim the lights when we do this, not to be spooky, but to say to anyone who who is struggling here today, uh, if if this bucket comes by and you need that for. Supporting yourself or your family. Be our guest and take what you need today. But as we leave today, let's remember this. We have an opportunity to be grateful and celebrate these guys who have have sacrificed. But ultimately, all that is because of Christ's sacrifice for us. He began all this. And he put in the heart of every warrior that's represented today that heart of courage. And so I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful also that we have a Savior who modeled that for us. And let me, before, before I close, let me just offer this to you, because it was, it was a huge, I think, benefit for many people last hour. Let me just say this. The two things I mentioned that we get from a God who gives his life for us, the whole point and purpose of him sacrificing for us was for us to have forgiveness for us to have freedom, and some of you today, you carry guilt, you carry some shame, you carry some baggage. Revelations twenty-two says, I said this a moment ago, that that God is making all things new, and our hope today and our prayer is that many of you would walk out of this room with forgiveness, with freedom. And so what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to bow my head and, and, and ask you to do the same as we close. And if you are here today and you think maybe perhaps for such a time as this that God got you here for whatever reason, maybe it's today that you felt God tug your heart streams, that you're ready to say, you know what, I don't know all that there is to know, but I know there is a God who loves me and I want his forgiveness and I want freedom. Would you pray with me? God, as we close, I pray for the many uh, that have been already here this morning that that bowed a knee to you and confessed with their mouths and believe that they're in their hearts the best they could understand you are, Lord, that walked away from here today saved, forgiven, free. And I pray for those here this morning, and if there be anyone in this audience that that would be you, would you in this next moment just simply say it to Jesus, Jesus, because you gave your life for me, because you gave your life and rose from the dead, I'm going to place my hope and my trust. In you. I'm asking you today to be the leader and forgiver of my life. Would you do that, Lord? We know, Scripture says, when we confess with our mouths, leave in our hearts. Lord, Scripture says we are saved forever. And I think about Nick DiCenzo, who is, who is ready, ready for Christ to come back so she can go see her husband that she lost 10 years ago. And I think about my mom, who I lost 22 years ago. Jesus, we thank you for loving us more than we deserve. Your precious name, we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Host teams, you guys come forward. that's going to close us out.